Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey everybody, it's Firestone here with Board Games Daily and Theology of Games. It is Friday, August 25th. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We only had two episodes this week because, well, life. So today, it's kind of a super episode. Uh, We've got AJ and me weighing in on the cage fight topic, which was the best Lord of the Rings game. And then AJ and I both also talked about our game nights so and then i'm going to give you the winner of the cage fight thanks for joining us stay tuned hey everybody aj here giving you the game night recap now jeremiah was at game night so i'm not going to talk about everything i don't want to steal some of his thunder on these but we played a lot of midweight and lightweight games and i love seeing tons of games hitting the table and that's exactly what happened we played dominion seaside we played a new game by arcane wonders called neotopia we played a trick taker called tome we played a new uh the new follow-up game to point salad by AEG and it is called Point City and we finished up the first volume of Mother Fra- Mother of Frankenstein and um, sorry there you probably thought I was going to swear at you for a moment apologies <laughs> um, so anyway we played some good games I won't talk about Mother of Frankenstein I, I bet Jeremiah will talk about that and um, he even he'll have to be brief on that one because we don't want to give away uh, too much because that is a, a puzzly game and uh, can't give away the ending. So I'm going to talk about Neotopia and I think I'll talk about um, Point City because uh, I had fun with both of those. Both games, good games. Both games, not games that I feel like I have to have in my collection, but I'd be willing to play just about any time. They're, they're, they're good games. They're just not ones that I need, especially if somebody else in the game group has them. Neotopia is this unique little abstract game where there's three sections of the board that you're going to be trying to place uh, four different color elements into. Well, what, what are you trying to do with those elements? You have cards in your hand that want you to create shapes with those elements. When you create those shapes, you'll play a card. If you play the last element that completes that shape, um, then you will play your card. It'll be worth victory points. Each section of the board, each of the three sections, has a victory point score marker for you. You're trying to balance out the score in the three sections of the board so that you can triple the score of your lowest one at the end of the game. That's one of the point mechanisms at the end of the game. So you want to have them all pretty equal so that you're maximizing your uh, your triple point bonus at the end of the game for the quadrant with the lowest amount, or not quadrant, section with the lowest amount of points. You have three actions on your turn, and oftentimes it's moving two elements, and they're located between the sections of the board, the three sections of the board, and when they run out, they're refilled from an area in the center of the board. Or you're taking new cards from the tableau of cards so that you can complete more shapes. 
there's other things going in the on in the game. There's some bonus tokens you can get from covering them up with elements, um, and there's also the uh, the kind of I guess you're you're taking a card from the tableau that you know you're going to be able to complete on your turn by moving elements to certain sections of the board. And I, I like that aspect of the game as well. If your hand doesn't look good, at least you have some cards you can choose from. So that's pretty much uh, Neotopia by Arcane Wonders. I enjoyed it. I think it's worth checking out. So take a look at it. The second game by Flat Out and AEG is Point City, the follow-up to Point Salad. No, I love Point Salad. It's a great entry-level game for anybody. Uh, easy to play. It's super accessible. Um, so I've loved that. Point City uh, ramps it up a notch. In Point City, you're going to be trying to uh, add buildings to your city that are going to give you uh, point tokens for the end of the game. They'll, they'll be point tokens based upon how many of something you have. But you're also going to be scoring uh, points for buildings that you put in your city as well. So some buildings just have a point value. Some buildings give you a, uh, a token that's going to uh, multiply points based upon, again, how many of something you have. Well, the game is a little trickier than Point Salad because your your tableau of cards is much larger to choose from. I think it's five rows. I think it's five by five or it might be a four by four. In any case, you can take two cards that are orthogonal. When you take a card, it's either a resource or a building. Resources are used to build those buildings. Um, and you can use the resource uh, that you take on your turn in conjunction with the building you take to complete the building. But um, when those cards are removed, they're replaced with the opposite type of card, and they're just double-sided cards, so you know whether to put the card on one side or the other. So if I take a resource, it's going to be replaced with a building. If I take a building, it's going to be replaced with a resource. So the tableau is always changing in front of you, um, and that's pretty much it. You play until the deck is depleted, and uh, based upon all your scoring tokens and the points on your buildings, that's how you're going to win or lose. So that was Point City. I don't need it. There's other games for me that I'd rather have hit the table. And uh, Point Salad is sufficient for me. I, I'll play that one. And then if I want something a little heavier, uh, it's not going to be Point City. But I will play Point City. And it, if somebody and somebody offers it up, and, and it might be a game that you would really enjoy. So again, it's one that I think is worth checking out. Not my cup of tea, but I'll play it if somebody has it. So uh, that's Neotopia and Point City. Um, you'll be hearing more about uh, the Lord of the Rings topic coming from me soon and Jeremiah's Game Night and maybe Firestones as well. All right. Hey folks, it's Firestone here, weighing in on this week's Game Night Cage Fight, which is a battle royale of Lord of the Rings games. Now, there have been some great Lord of the Rings games out there. I talked about the Cooperative Kinesia game uh, last week. One of the greats, one of my favorite gaming moments ever was winning a game of that. There's also Lord of the Rings The Confrontation, which is also designed by Reiner Kinesia, and is a terrific two-player only game. One person is playing the dark forces, one is playing the light forces, and it's kind of like Stratego. You cannot see the other player's pieces until you move into the same area and fight. Really great two-player game. Classic, kind of underrated, I think. 
There's lots more. I own both of those. I also have War of the Ring, the first edition. I wish I'd picked up the second edition. That was stupid of me not to do. And I feel like I shouldn't go back and try and find that now. I have the Battle of Five Armies. I just today traded for War of the Ring, the card game. So we'll have to see how that is. And then, of course, I have my favorite Lord of the Rings game, which is Lord of the Rings, the card game, the LCG. It was the original LCG, and I just felt like it was so innovative for its time. First of all, I played Magic. I went down that dark road of having to try and find the right cards, and people who were willing to pay more money were better prepared for that game. So the idea of a game that everyone bought the same packs, you did not get something different in a pack, it all came, all the packs were the same, everyone had the same amount of cards, that was so great. It was cooperative, which is really fun. I love cooperative games. I, it's so easy to play with my kids. I, I'm, when my kids were really little, I was playing Lord of the Rings, a card game, and because it was cooperative, it wasn't, oh, dad's gonna beat the snot out of us because uh, in this competitive game, this cooperative game meant we could work together. It was a topic that they loved. And really, it was so clever and innovative and the things they could do with that game. And I got way behind on it. I haven't bought any stuff for that in years. But honestly, talking about this topic, pulling out my box, this game is 13 years old. It was the original LCG. Pulling that out makes me go, I want to play this game again. It is so fun. Building the decks, crafting them, playing through different scenarios. And then they even came out with some expansions that kind of mirrored the movies. And so you were, it, it wasn't just a completely new adventure using settings and characters and things, things like that. It was actually moving through some of the movies. All of this, so great, so fun. I love that game and I would play it anytime. But really, I have not met a Lord of the Rings game that I didn't at least like. Maybe The Hobbit, which was also a Reiner Knizia game, but I played that a few times. So I was like, eh, this is okay. I don't need to own this. So I got rid of that. But most of the time, most of the Lord of the Rings games I've played have been terrific. And the favorite and the winner of my Battle Royale is the Lord of the Rings, the card game. What do you think? What is your favorite Lord of the Rings game? We would love to hear. Let us know. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you can think of, and let us know what your thoughts are. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, Firestone here, coming to you with my game night recap from this week. This week I got in, well recently I got in, my copy of The Search for Lost Spe- for the Lost Species. It's a game by Renegade Game Studios, and it is a successor to The Search for Planet X, which honestly, just a few months ago, I was completely unaware of, and then I went to a Barnes & Noble sale, and they had it for 50% off, and I did a quick little bit of research for it, and I thought, oh, this is a cool little, cool-looking deduction game. We played it a few times. I really liked it. I'm terrible at it. Uh, I got crushed by my friends, <laughs> but... Um, I did back this because I liked it so much and it finally came and so it's a game where you are a researcher trying to find a lost species. The game comes with multiple different lost species and each one of them has a different rule for it. 
based on where it can be, reside on the island, what animals it can and can't be near. There are all kinds of different rules for each, for each of the different animals. So each game is gonna be slightly different in that way. There are two different sides of the board. One is an easier side, one is a more difficult side. And basically you are trying to deduct which uh, section of this island the lost species is on. And so that you can't just blind guess and hope to win, you also have to pick the animal or basically what is in two adjoining areas of the island too. So you have to know where the lost species is and what is in two adjoining sections. It might be that the section is empty or a specific animal is in it. This game has a, a lorries, couscous, toads, pythons, and each of those has different rules about how they fit together. There's only one python on the island. The lorries have a specific um, way that they are situated on the island. So if you find one, you know generally where the others are and you'll have to deduce where that where they are as you move through and take different actions. Everyone's trying to, it's a race game. You're trying to be the first one to figure this out. Different kinds of cool mechanisms where you can visit a town, grab villager cards, which is new to this compared to the search for Planet X. Those villager cards seemed mostly interesting. I'm not sure they're balanced. One of them let somebody do two research actions in one visit to the town. And that guy crushed us. He said, I did those two actions and it told me everything I needed. So I'm like, ooh, is that balanced? I don't know. I think more plays will have to be have to be done. But it is fun. We played once on the basic side and then once on the advanced side. The advanced side has a bigger island. It's a little more difficult to figure out where things are and just gives you some more options there. But other than that, the gameplay is um, mostly similar for the two sides. And speaking of similar, it, this game is almost identical to Search for Planet X. I don't think you need to own both. In fact, after playing this, the theme for this is much more interesting to me. I love space, but I didn't really love, I wasn't grabbed by the, the theme of that one, but this is an interesting theme to me and one I think I could get my family to play more than the space one. So to be tr honest with you, the search for Planet X immediately went up for sale and trade. I, I don't, you don't need to own both. And if you only want to own one, I guess it depends on your thoughts about the theme. And, um, but I find this one just more interesting and better. So search for Planet X is out of here. I don't need both of them and you don't either. I had fun, really cool game. And one of the neat things they did was they made as many um, choices as they could to make this environmentally friendly. So the pieces are wood instead of plastic. There was not shrink wrap around the outside. Even inside of it, they didn't come with um, plastic bags that you might hold components in. It has these thick paper envelopes that you would put things in. I'm gonna be honest with you, those are untouched in my box and I immediately got out the earth killing plastic bags because they're just better, it's, it's easier. And so, anyway, but anyway, I do commend them for the effort to, to make this a, as environmentally friendly as possible. So, good for them. We're supposed to be good stewards of this earth and I applaud them for it. The other thing we played was Welcome to the Moon. It was kind of a last second. We weren't sure, we didn't have a lot of time. And one of the guys said, oh, I've been wanting to try that. And I picked it up. Welcome to the Moon is a successor to the Welcome To series, which is a series of flip and write games, similar to roll and write games. The Welcome to the Moon version, I 
Welcome to was fine. I've played it a few times and I'm like, eh, that's okay. But Welcome to the Moon intrigued me more because it comes with eight completely different boards. And in fact, you can even play it as a campaign through those eight different boards. So we pulled out the first board and played that one. And it was really neat. It's very combo-y. This, this first one, you're basically flipping over cards and there are different resources on them, different numbers on them. And you're filling in on this spaceship and trying to get it to launch. Very abstracted, very, you know, this isn't super thematic, but um, the thing that's so cool here is how many combos there are. So you can cross off a thing here, which lets you cross off a thing there and here, and you can do four or five things sometimes on a turn if you plan things correctly. And it was really cool, really fun. We all enjoyed it. And afterward we're all like, maybe we should play the campaign game. So it's possible we're gonna do that over the next uh, who knows when it, it won't take long because uh you know each i think the game took maybe it may have taken 30 minutes with an explanation in the rule book um which is not super helpful because it kind of tells you things you need to know about the whole game and then the specific parts but it didn't seem to be organized as well as it could have been but nevertheless had fun with it i can't wait to jump into the other map or whatever you call them the adventures that come with it and so check out Welcome to the Moon. Cool game. It's a little on the prior series side, but again, it plays up to four people, I think. Uh, let me look here. Yeah. Oh, up to six people? Is that right? Sorry, this is terrible. Yeah, up to six people, and each of them have their own boards. So there are um, eight times six, 48 different boards in the game. So that's a lot of stuff. So it kind of justifies the higher price. But and nevertheless, I've gone on way too long here, but... Check out The Search for Lost Species if you like deduction games, and check out Welcome to the Moon if you like flipping right, rolling right games. They were both great games, and I enjoyed them very much. Let us know what was on your table this week. We will talk to you later. Have a great one. Bye. Hey there, everybody. AJ here, and I'm going to weigh in on the topic. And I believe it went something like this. So a Lord of the Rings game walks into the room. Which one is it going to be? What are you going to play? There have been so many of these games, and I love a vast amount of them uh, because I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I watch the films at least once a year. I'm always dabbling into a chapter of a book here and there just to pick up somewhere in the books. Um, and I also will oftentimes get on, I'll, I'll be laying in bed at night and I'll get on the app Encyclopedia of Arda. Um, so check that out if you, if you haven't yet and I'll roll a die. There's a die in the app and it will give you a random topic to read about all things, middle earth. It's so cool. And so I absolutely love Lord of the Rings and any game that, uh, has a Lord of the Rings theme. I am going to, or the IP, I am going to at least check out. And so I played a ton of them. I played the CCG. I have, uh, or excuse me, I have the Middle Earth CCG. I have the Lord of the Rings CCG. Uh, I have the Lord of the Rings LCG. Um, I played the dice building game. I played the Nazgul game by WizKids. I played uh, the Lord of the Rings game by Reiner Knizia, the cooperative one. I mean, I love these games, and the most recent one that I've been playing a ton of, and this is the one that would walk in the room for me and it'd be the one I'd want to play, is Journeys in Middle-Earth. Now, although for a long time, the LCG, the living card game, 
was my favorite card game slash cooperative game of all time. I think my new favorite, at least in the Lord of the Rings universe, has got to be Journeys in Middle-Earth. It's more of a dudes on a map kind of scenario. Think Descent, think Imperial Assault, uh, any of those types of games where uh, you're going to be exploring. You're going to take your figures and you're going to be exploring Middle Earth and you've got a scenario that is app-based. And so the app is going to kind of tell you where to spawn minions and how the minions are going to move. Um, And it's really cool because as you're exploring uh, the large world, uh, you'll be unlocking content, treasures, and all that good stuff and getting closer to beating the campaign. But between each large world scenario, there's oftentimes a battle map scenario where the the spaces are much bigger and there's only two boards for that. And you're going to be heavily invested in a battle, as it were. And so I think it's cool because there's two different kind of scenarios of play in the game. And based upon the campaign that you're in, you're going to find out whether you're going to be on that smaller battle map where you'll be doing lots more battling or, and actually it's been interesting because, uh, sometimes on the battle map, they'll, they'll make like a, a house that you're searching or an old ruins that you're searching. And so that's, that's pretty cool too. So it's, I guess it's not just battle, but essentially the game is played through card play, uh, which is my favorite. I prefer card play over die rolling. Um, so I like it because you can acquire cards, you can upgrade and level up cards, Um, and based upon card draws, that's going to help you accomplish, uh, gosh, I can't even think of uh, a check. Yeah. So you'll have these checks that come up when you encounter things and based upon your card draws, you're going to see if you, uh, pass that check based on icons on those cards. So I really, really love journeys in middle earth. It does pass up Lord of the Rings LCG for me, but that is still probably, in my top five co-op games of all time. I love it, but it's hard for me to not like a Lord of the Rings game. So, I mean, even the deck building game, which is just that, um, that standard kind of, uh, DC deck building, the one that Cryptozoic has done where all of their games, they have a bunch of IPs, but all the games play the same. Even that deck building game is fun. So if it's Lord of the Rings, confrontation, whatever the case may be, I want to play it. I want to try it. But for me, The one that I want to play more than anything else is Journeys in Middle-Earth. But come on, just check them all out because Lord of the Rings is awesome. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. It's Board Games Daily, powered by Theology of Games. Speaking of games... It's time to announce the winner of this week's Game Night Cage Fight, which was really a battle royale because the topic was, what is the best Lord of the Rings game? And there's a whole slew of them. And everybody weighed in. And second place, I can reveal, was War of the Ring, which is kind of a surprising one. Although, kind of not surprising. That game is pretty epic and pretty fun. War of the Ring came in second. But, and maybe it was um, skewed because the three of us all picked it. No, I guess AJ didn't pick it. Well, two of us picked it. Lord of the Rings, the card game, the living card game, was the winner of this week's Game Night Cage Fight. It is a great 
LCG. It was the first LCG. It broke ground and it's still a fun game. You know, sometimes a mechanism will come out and you'll be like, yeah, but now it's been done better. And it's great that that started the, the, the phase, the, the mechanism, whatever it is, but it doesn't really hold up. But sometimes it holds up really well. I think of deck builders, of course. I mean, Dominion is was a classic, is a classic, still might be the best deck building game ever. Who knows? And Lord of the Rings, the LCG was the first one. And is it the best one? I don't know. I, I now prefer Arkham Horror, but not by that much. I still have a blast playing Lord of the Rings, the card game. So that's the winner of the cage fight. If you disagree with this strongly, we still want to hear from you. So reach out to us on all the social media places and tune in next week where we'll have a new cage fight and new news and new reviews and new topics. And thanks as always for listening. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyOfGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyOfGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.